Hello and welcome to the She Can Share podcast, where I am going to help you arise and shine as the woman of influence that God is calling you to be, where you are going to learn how to share your God-given gifts, talents, and abilities with the world through content creation and by just being who you are. You are meant to let go of shame, guilt, condemnation, and fear, and arise and shine and be the light of the world. So whether you're here to grow your influence, grow your business, or just learn some content creation tips to express Christ in you, I want you to know that I'm here for it. So let's get started. Welcome back to the She Can Share podcast. I'm so excited about our guest today. She's just smiling at me ear to ear, which is something that she does a lot anyway. But we have Tamara Andres on the show today. And let me just tell you who she is before I dig into the personal side, because she's such a good friend of mine. Tamara is a speaker, podcaster, a serial entrepreneur who works with high capacity Christian leaders to become millionaire messengers and share the good news. She is wildly in love with words and the word. She catalyzes messengers in the marketplace by building business tree through publishing, podcasting, and platform development while keeping play at the core. Is it even possible? I think it is. Tamara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And it's so possible. All things possible through God, right? It's so fun too. We always say that. And Melissa and I are such kindred spirits from how we dress to uh, that smile and that contagious energy and that joy bomb that we bring into a room. And so it's like that like spirit, knowing like spirit. And I know the community of women and men too, that you cultivate are are just going to be in the same, just that desire of being able to access it. And so let's, uh, let's jump in. Let's get them going. Totally. And before we get on the call today, I was laughing that Tamara and I are not wearing the same thing today <laughs> because when we were recently at an event together, I had picked out this bright orange, like all bright orange outfit that I was like, I'm going to do it. I like it. I'm going to wear all bright orange. And thinking I'm going to be like, you know, uh, like out there with it. Well, no, I come out of the room because we're sharing a room together. And there's Tamara wearing an all bright orange outfit. And I was like, man, you know, when you're with your people, when they like the same things that you do and also are unafraid and unashamed to come out wearing all bright orange. So I love that about you, Tamara. And, And it's also the sharing of the toothpaste. Right. It's like the both. And it's like, we, I didn't even ask her. I just took the toothpaste and she's like, I love you. I know. <laughs> I, I know. love it. And I totally agree. And regardless, we also had girlfriends that were with us that were like, we are not that we wear black all the time. And I'm like, my bestie is my black hearted bestie. And I love her. She's fully tatted. We're totally different. And so I love that community family can leave space for both, but I yes. do love when we're matching. <laughs> yes, totally. We need we need all the flavors and all the spices to make something really, really good and really special. Well, I really wanted to dig in, Tamara, to your story. And I know that it's like, what story? Because if you guys know her at all, she has so many moments in her life where God has catapulted her in a new, a new revelation or a new venture. But I would love to hear kind of your story of how you got into what you're doing now with working in business, how you became a business coach, 
um, a Christian business coach. And can you just walk us through your story? Yeah, we could definitely go into the chasms and the valleys there. Um, we all have them, right? And I can also talk to those mountaintop moments. And so I'm going to do a little bit of both so that one, we can connect. And two, you guys know that in both seasons, God is preparing you. And he's going to use both seasons to build what it is that he has good intention for in the longevity of your life. So don't think that just because you're in a valley, you're useless. Don't think because you're on the mountaintop, you've made it because both are not true. <laughs> There's more to every single story. And so I'm going to jump into a place uh, that I don't generally jump into. And I'll give you hindsight for that as we go. But ultimately, I decided to uh, kind of create this incognito. I love surprises. I love adventure. It's a part of the playfulness side of me. But I love surprises so much, especially as women, as moms, like we're always the one creating the surprise, right? We're always planning the party. We're always inviting the, the to the surprise. And I wanted to do that with my friends. So a couple of years ago, specifically six, I sent a text message to a bunch of women in my community here locally. And it was very like conspic inconspicuous. It was basically like, hey, show up at this destination at this time. It was an unknown address to everyone because it was my husband's um, office at the time. And I, I want us to come together to see if we all might be in one accord for a project that I'm working on. So the room was packed, like standing room only. And I, I opened up with Proverbs 31. And this was the first time I had ever opened a Bible in front of a group of women, some of which I knew were not in their faith like I was. And so to say that as of six years ago, and then to see where I am now on a pedal and preach, if you follow me at all, like I'm just like, the word is everywhere because it is my lifeblood. Uh, it was a little nerve wracking. And also it was that truth moment where God was like, are you going to do it? Are you going to rely on me this time? And what I mean by this time is I had launched eight different companies in my 20s. I was a serial entrepreneur. I still am, um, but never was it founded on Christ. I was what I refer to as a Christer. So I went to church on, Christ, on Christmas and Easter, and uh, I was not really raised in a formalized Christian household. We knew the Lord's Prayer, so that was good, um, but I didn't know what that actually meant. Like daily bread. What is that? Like, yum. I love sourdough. But that had no meant nothing to me as Jesus himself being the bread of life. And so fast forward to this moment, I was about 32 at the time, but at 29, I had what I refer to as my midlife crisis. Um, quarter life crisis, not a midlife crisis. So I, I am hoping that I don't have a midlife crisis because I already did that checkbox. So Lord be with me. Um, and in that it was this understanding that everything I had built that was ultimately premised out of perfection, striving, accolades, society, um, sexual trauma when I was little that I didn't even know existed, um, kind of the applause of man on every single front, including the fact that I got married because that was the next thing that you did. And I had kids because that was the next thing that you did. And we had a house and a white picket fence and two new cars and all these businesses. We were both entrepreneurs because, well, that's what everybody was applauding at the time. And yet I was wildly void. And so while the Lord was gracious in pulling the rug out from under me, he also was the one who was there to lift my chin, literally had a supernatural encounter with him in my living room at that ripe age of 29. And it changed the trajectory of my life.
And that was me then three years later after doing my ordination and minister's licensing, after really dissecting who I am, getting in touch with emotional intelligence, understanding mental health for the first time because I was suicidal and had depression issues and all these like hard conversations. So I'm dropping a lot of bombs all at once, but hopefully you get the gist of what God can make new in such a supersonic time, even when your valley moment feels like it is eternal when you're there. He'll turn the lights back on and you're a part of that process. And so he invited me into that. And then I invited 30 women into this. And so six years later, there's a lot of stories that have happened since then. Um, but that was where my yes started was saying yes to putting him as the foundation of everything I was gonna do and inviting other people along for the journey. Wow, that's incredible. I love that you had so much experience and you were a serial entrepreneur before Jesus. And now you're still doing that but using it as a vehicle to share your faith and to advance God's kingdom. I think that's incredible and something that I love about you. One of the things that we've been talking about a lot in the social media mentorship, and um, for those of you that are listening right now, we are actually doing a live call with the ladies on this call. And Tamara is speaking to them after this, which I think is amazing. They can ask your questions and everything like that. But one of the things that we're really talking about this month is how do you get clarity? Like, how do you get clarity on the thing that God's called you to do? And Tamara, after you especially have come through, like came through that valley season and also are so multi-passionate, how did you really get clarity on what it is that God's calling you to do and, and positioning you for? Well, you literally took the word right out of my mouth, which was the multi-passionate piece, because that's where it started. I was hanging out with my husband in the backyard. And again, we were really in this dark, no one knew about us um, walking through this dark chasm because I still was such a light when I walked into rooms, uh, this place. And he asked me this profound question, which at the time I wasn't on the internet like I am now. I didn't have anyone pr prompting this question for me. It wasn't the title of every second podcast or book about what are you passionate about right now we hear this all the time what what's your purpose and what are your passions and it's okay to be multi-passionate literally had zero context to this so my husband's like kicked back cool as a cucumber feet up on the picnic table and he's just like babe what are you passionate about and i was silent i had zero response i felt like i didn't know what my hobbies were i didn't really know who i was and in the easy answer at that moment would have been Jesus because that's what I was spending all of my excess time doing. It wasn't being a stay-at-home mom, though I was. It wasn't even business. And so his eyes got really big. His feet came down off the table and he leaned forward and he said, so we just spent our life savings on something you're not passionate about? And I thought, ouch. I thought a little bit of shame just got put on my shoulders. I am sorry. It became real repentant. But immediately he gave me space to process. And he's like, so what are you passionate about? And I started going through all those businesses. I started going through all of the labels, all the titles, all the things that I had put as the primary reason I was doing anything. And ultimately I realized that there was an undercurrent to everything. And I believe all multi-passionate people have an undercurrent. They all have this silver lining, which ultimately I know is rooted in Christ. And it's his like, it's your unique gift and your unique ability in the, the commonplace of kingdom purpose and kingdom activation. And my response was, I just love people. And he said, okay, that's a place to get started. So anything you do can be connected to people. So what's the next thing? 
And so for me, it was that eagerness of building. I love to build something new. I love to take what people see inside of their minds and their hearts and bring it to life because I'm a natural born activator. And I can, um, the word that if you do like any of those uh, different like group testings or personal identity testings, it's a galvanizer. It's someone who can see a vision and I can bring a bunch of people on board to say, you gotta try this, you gotta do this, this is the best thing ever. It's why I was good at multi-level marketing. Um, but I just wasn't ever passionate about the product. And so what was the the new product that I was going to be passionate about, if people was the under, were the undercurrent, Christ was the forefront of everything I wanted to do and the foundation, and it came to helping others build businesses. And so I didn't know, I, I still at this point, for we're speaking to clarity, in that conversation, I still didn't know that that was where I was going to go. It was actually about a week later with a current client who has now been with me for six years and is about to quit her full-time job to do what she does um, passionately for other people. And she was, and I were sitting in, I literally was just like, having a conversation with her. I just thought we were going for coffee. I didn't have any plan. There was no valuation at that point, no title, no business card. And she's like, you should do this. And I'm like, do, do what? She's like, you should, you should like coach. You should, you should do this for other people. And I was perplexed. I didn't know business coaching was a thing. I had never had a business coach, even with all of those businesses. And the internet was not really like pushing that in my face at that point, right? Like the Facebook algorithm didn't like catch on. I don't know if it was listening to us, like it's listening to us now, sidebar. And so I, I realized like, wow, I should do this. This would be so fun. And I think that's of, of all the things that I get to choose when I think about clarity now, I'm thinking about what would be fun for you? What would be fun? And if we can stay in that place and put all of our passions always rooted in people and always rooted in Christ, you can't really go wrong. That's so good. I love that question. What would be fun? Because God takes fun seriously. Yeah. And I heard somebody say once, yeah. <laughs> Did you like, you like that Tamara? I did. I'm like, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> he does. He does. But I would say too, you know, something that uh, you and I have had conversations about a lot is people might get started. They might get activated, but then maybe they lose their steam or maybe they're not seeing the results that they wanted. Have you ever gone through a time where maybe you tried something and it didn't work out? How did you pivot? Like, in finding clarity, we know it's like, it's not this like upward hill. Like you had that moment and yay. Now Tamara's off riding in the sunset with Jesus and Gary, her husband, <laughs> and it's all smooth sailing. Like, what is that like? What is that really like, Tamara? I'll be honest with this particular business. I have not felt like there was, um, personally a lot of valley moments i do feel like i've just been on this constant ascension now that does not mean that i don't stop at these false summits where i'm like this is the thing this is gonna work i get to that place i'm like shoot i've got so much more to do god you didn't show me that because you knew i'd get exhausted way back when and quit and that's why i think clarity comes in action and i say this often because it's not like a piece where you're just sitting there and all of a sudden a light bulb goes off and there's the answer to the next decade of your life or the next decision you should make but i do believe that when we move because god trusts us this is something i've been learning in the last year 
how much he actually trusts us when we're in alignment with him. He's going to let you do what you want. This is free will. And it's going to be because you're standing in right standing with him that that decision is actually God honoring and there's further ascension and you're not in this pitfall place. I say that not because everyone has that journey, but when people speak to failure and things not working out, they look at it immediately as a bad thing. They look at it immediately as a chasm, and that's simply not true. You can be on a false summit mountaintop failing and still be like, man, this is this didn't work, but I don't have to go back to square one. I think about it, if you think of like Mount Everest and like actually going up a summit, if any of you guys have ever hiked, um, when you get to these different places at Everest, there's actually like camping zones where you actually stop and you have to acclimate to that air. You have to acclimate to that exact elevation. So I look at it like every failure is an acclimation to what God has for you next. And I've literally never said that out loud. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, but I, I want you guys to realize that there's no marking point of my business where I thought I have to start over, even though I've felt like many times I have to start over, whether it's a failed partnership, whether it was a new program that I launched that completely flopped, whether it was a course that I developed and ended up realizing, wow, I'm going to queue out of this every quarter and this isn't even going to make sense and that is just too much work. Whether it was hiring the wrong client and realizing that it was too late before I could technically fire them because I didn't really know I had the ability to do that. Uh, people pleasing, right, is a part of that. Uh, whether it was getting stuck in a perfection cycle and, and that's where I come back to all the time. It's not about perfection, it's about progression. And if we're going back to this idea of acclimation, you've never gone anywhere that you're not going to have to acclimate to the next level of success and significance that God has want to provide to you. Hey, did you know that right now, the number one thing that the algorithms are pushing across all social media platforms is, you guessed it, short form video. However, you might be finding it very time consuming to keep up with the high demand of video content for your business. Maybe you're not even sure if you're quote unquote doing it right and reaching your ideal audience. Well, at Rise Social Media Agency, we specialize in video content and we will create, edit, and post your content for you so that you can focus on what you do best, running your business. From content creation to strategy to graphic design, creating lead magnets and setting up automation, we will help you create content that captures your brand story and take the weight of social media off your shoulders. If this sounds like something that you're interested in, click the link below in the show notes to book a call. That's so good, Tamara. I love that. Okay, so I have another question for you. As we are just like plowing through, I have so many that I want to ask you. But one of them, you know, as I think something that Christian women struggle with specifically is, you know, one of the things that you teach is helping them become millionaire messengers, which we're going to get to in a second. So stay tuned but really helping them grow their influence through book writing, through getting on social media, through podcasting, through, you know, speaking, all these things. As a Christian, though, I think one of the internal struggles is, but we need to make it all about Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. How do you like balance that with being like on social media? It's your face. It's your business, like promoting yourself, but doing it in a way that is God honoring. And what would you say to someone that's struggling with that? 
Yeah, I think that there's a lot of different ways I can answer that question. But when we think about how you're going to promote Jesus, some people are are very open about that. And it's, you, you know, you go to the page and there's a Bible verse and you're like, oh, she's a Christian, right? Or you're going in and you're just like, man, I really love this brand. Man, I really love the way that she uses these words. I love her energy. And that too is fruit bearing, that you're literally showing off the fruit that Christ has given you. So there's no wrong way of production and there's no wrong way of showing off your fruit the thing that is most important which you speak to all the time and you teach so so eloquently and beautifully is the courage to do it the way that god has called you to do it and i know people who do it really well with never putting the verse out there and i know myself i want the context i want the truth i want people to know the source in which i have been provided by and it doesn't make one right or wrong um, did that answer your question, Melissa? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, I think there are people that, yes, not sure if they should promote their faith or not, but also like this internal struggle of, I don't want to be self-promoting. And, and especially uh, like in the realm of social media, it's like, it's, it feels hard, especially, you know, as a Christian too, and we're like, we want to make it all about God. And it's yes. to the point I find that sometimes it holds people back yeah. from showing up because it's as Christians, we have this high value of integrity and this high value of purity. What would you say to that? Oh man. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a story. You like stories? This one is about me and it's self um, deprecating. So that makes it really fun. (laughs) Um, I had a designer. It was one of my first hires that I never paid. Okay. That's maybe another conversation. And she worked with me for two years before I ever exchanged an actual paid dollar amount. Okay. That's again, side note. She was a designer and her job was to get my brand out there. And of course, the things that she's bringing to me is my big smile, my face, because it's my brand. And I struggled with it for this very reason. It ultimately, I think, is rooted in false humility. Uh, Because if we aren't standing in the fact that I could boldly proclaim Christ by being in a room, then I am I'm I'm cowering to the fact that the thing that I love most about myself, the thing that God created me for is not that important. And it's it should be hidden under a lampstand right under a basket on a lampstand. Not true. And so the the parts of us that require confidence and courage are the parts that are going to require you to use the voice that you can't stand listening to, to use the smile that God has uniquely given you, to use the body that you've been placed in to preach the good news, to use the house and the home and the family, all those things. Are there literally fruit bearing proof that God exists in your life? So I I get this business card and I, I had a photo shoot done and I'm like hiding behind these peach trees. Okay. And it was my favorite. I loved the image. I thought it was so beautiful and she puts it on a business card and she's like this isn't going to work i'm like what do you mean it's not going to work it's so pretty and she's like they can't see you same exact thing happened when i was becoming an author i wanted to use a pen name because heaven forbid someone found out my real story heaven forbid my family read my book and they didn't actually know the truth because i never had that moment and she said no you're not going to use a pen name 
I want it to come back to you. God wants people to see himself through you and you're called to write and you're called to speak and you're called to be in front of camera. And so she constantly repositioned me in front of these things that I just didn't want. And one day it was somebody else, which this will happen, who said, I am so attracted to your smile. And I thought, oh gosh, I know. I've been told that since I was little, you light up a room. And so why am I trying to hide something that was innately given to me? Because I am so worried about being prideful, which was a connection point of where I was when God ripped that rug out from underneath me. And so there is a difference in, and this is the final word I'll say it to this, is what's the posture of your heart? If you're building a platform on greed and you wanna become a millionaire messenger because you want a lot of money, it's not gonna work. And your magnetism quality is going to be so much more lackluster than mine. Because when I come into a room and I talk about money, I am letting people see and provide hope in a way that they've never seen. They're looking with a new lens because it's not about the money for them. It's about the money for the kingdom that then expands the territory in which we have power and authority and dominion already gifted to us. And right now, I'm just going to use air quotes, the bad guys have the territory there. And so what's more important to you? If you want to be a millionaire messenger, you're going to have to have and deal with your pride issues, with your false humility issues, and be okay with showing up on camera. And that's what where you come to play, Melissa. Wow. Tamara showing up today. <laughs> now, I mean, just say it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bring it. Bring the message, Tamara, because now you were born for such a time as this. That's so, so good. Okay. Okay. I so badly wanted to get into the millionaire mindset, but I know that there's a question, one more question that's such a block for people. And I want to know what you say, because you deal with this all the time and releasing women into write books, into sharing their story. A big block for women to do that is exactly what you said, but what's my family going to think? If I share my hard story or if I share what actually happened or where I'm really from, What's my family going to think? What are the, my friends going to say? What do you tell your clients and, and what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I don't know why this is making me so emotional, but your Abba, your daddy, your father, man, he loves you so much. And his opinion matters so much more than even your earthly parents and your earthly siblings. And Jesus himself walked through this struggle. He walked through it in his own hometown, an entire town, okay? And so if you're dealing with a sibling or a spouse who can't see you quite like Christ sees you and hasn't been the one to call you and isn't going to be there in the end of days when you are feeling this sense of um, displacement from your calling or... Um, untruth in how you're activating every single day, you're the one who answers to Abba every day, not them. And so the emotion side of me comes to the fact that since saying yes to Christ, I walked through a, a year where my family told me and called out the fact that I was in a cult. And that was me having a, a home-based church. And that was a year, almost two years actually, of not being in direct communion with my brother who growing up was one of my best friends. That was me having lies 
just spoken over top of me by other family members that were completely untrue and tried to ruin my marriage and my mothering journey and put me back into those depression cycles and anxiety moments. That was me then, fast forward, only three years later from some of those huge heartache moments to baptizing that same person, to inviting my mom into the family of Christ and baptizing her too. So is it worth it? Yeah. Does it mean it's not hard? Nope. <laughs> it means you trailblaze. It means you do it on behalf of those naysayers so that they can see the fruit and they will see the proof in your fruit and you don't have to say a word to them. The thing that I would say about that, because I do deal with a lot of clients who this conversation does come down to their spouse. Leaving and cleaving your parents, it's biblical. We can do that fairly easy. Same thing with your, with your family members or your friend group. I, have, I am not in the same friend group now that I was when that pre-quarter life crisis has happened. Almost none of those people do I still walk with. That my whole phone just literally went away. So it's not easy. However, on the other side of that, there is such rich friendships. Melissa's and I's friendship that has taken root so fast because you understand vulnerability and authenticity. So to go back to the, the marriage elements specifically, especially if you are a spirit-filled woman who is kind of holding that um, position right now for your family because your spouse is just hasn't quite unlocked it. Uh, be steadfast in your love and know that there are resources I used in this process for them to come alongside and take that risk with me. And their risk didn't necessarily mean they were at the same spiritual maturity level as me. Find out what's fun for you guys. Go back to where I started. Start playing and start dreaming together and see where that leads because you were married for such a time as this. Get back to that place where that spark is and then let it be an adventure together, a personal development adventure together and God will reveal himself. I am certain of it. So good. I mean, we could stop right there and you guys could go back, listen to this episode again and again and again. But... She has more. <laughs> she has more. Tamara, um, again, one of the things that you touched on a couple minutes ago was being a millionaire messenger. And I know your heart. I have seen you in your pajamas at 530 in the morning with no makeup on, with coffee breath. I actually haven't smelled your breath. It's probably more <laughs> mine. Um, but that's because I already know had coffee that you... at that point. It's just coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's just coffee. But um, I know that you have such a revelation on finances and stewardship. And can you just speak to, number one, the like in your mind, what God has shown you about finances and stewardship and some of the strategies that God's given you in your business to increase your finances? Yeah. And again, this could be a whole show. Um, it's gonna, it's actually my next book. So there's that coming, which is really fun um, because I do find that this is a profound place. Also, we talked about the false humility place, the pride piece, but this is very closely number two. And it's, it's poverty mentality. It's us believing that uh, if we 
get to be successful. And what is success? That's totally different to every single person. I always really speak to significance and sustenance. And your sustenance number is different than my sustenance number. And the way in which God asks me to steward finance is going to be different than the way he asks other people. And that number doesn't make you successful or not. Yours could be a hundred grand. Yours could be a hundred million. Yours could be a hundred billion. And it's all good. And God is going to glorify all of it as long as it's again, right back into your hands who has started to steward it well. So my question often when someone, and I do this fun exercise, maybe we can do it in the Q and A later, but um, if, if you were given the million today, cause that's often like the number that we hear off and that's why I used it. Um, there was songs when I was growing up, like I wanna be a millionaire. It was actually a billionaire so bad. I talked about being rich. It talked about all these things that are presented to us on a daily, daily basis that are ultimately fleshly. This is where when you get into, I'll say a church or a congregation that tries to suppress this idea that money is bad, we know that money is not bad. And if we can come into this belief system on a day-to-day -day basis, we are gonna treat money very differently. And so I thought, ah, having money is bad. If I have more money, it's more for me to have to deal with the financial piece and the struggle. You see people who are really, really rich committing suicide. So money must be bad. I must have to walk in, in what I believe is this humble space of a poor pauper. Jesus was not poor. Okay, so we can rewrite that narrative. He was not poor. I actually have, it's called The Millionaire from Nazareth. If you've ever, you need to read this book, The Millionaire from Nazareth, it's all about Jesus. Um, that was an unlock point for me. Another one, which is not faith-based was um, A Happy Pocket Full of Money. It's another book, A Happy Pocket Full of Money that had affirmations in it that helped me shift my narrative towards this. And as of just even this last week, Melissa, the thing that I love, I've, I've really gotten, it's gotten sticky to me because I love words is that prosperity has two lenses. You're either greedy or you're generous. You're either greedy or you're generous. And when you have a generous posture, how much more is God gonna entrust you to be able to give? Now, connected to that is entrepreneurship, which is a room that we're in right now. And to be able to steward, we have to be able to multiply. And so if we aren't creating a business that has a multiplication effect to it, and we're just putting it in our pocket and we're living comfortably and we're putting it in our pocket, we're literally doing the five talents example in the Bible. We're burying our treasure, even by putting it into your own pocket, which seemingly feels good and right. And what the whole world tells us we're supposed to do, but that's not true. So this is where diversification, this is where multiple revenue streams, this is where working alongside your partner to say, okay, what's the vision for our future? This is where having a lasting legacy connected to fruitfulness for your family and your kids and your generation, generation to come. This is where all of these things come into play and it all circumvents back to, and this is where Melissa and I have had a lot of conversation. It circumvents back to poverty mentality and stewardship. And so how are you stewarding the dollar if you believe you're supposed to be entrusted with the million? And if you were to receive the million today, this is the part of the activity, how would you spend it? And I do this activity specific with like step-by-steps, but most people can't get past a quarter million in the activity that I provide to them. And that's because they haven't planned for what they're actually gonna do with that money when it comes in. Why would God give you the whole kit and caboodle when all you need is the manna. 
You just need to be comfortable and thankful and gracious and stewarding the manna, not hoarding. So it gets maggots, not wishing on the time and the season where fruitfulness seemed to be just falling off the trees, the quail. Remember the quail that he was given biblically after Egypt. They literally had the mindset of, I want to go back into slavery because there I ate well. You guys, I could go back into walking into those other eight businesses that I mentioned, and I can promise you that was bondage. That was a slavery season for me, or I could live freely with just a little bit of bread. Give me that bread, God. Give me that bread. It's so much more fruitful. It's so much more sustenance than what that provided. That is so good, Tamara. Guys, I I see so many of you guys taking notes that are in the mentorship right now. And I totally want to give time to the people in the mentorship that want to ask you some questions. But just to wrap up this call, because I know that you're coming out with your second book, Tamara, and you have so many things I want you to talk about in a second. But my last question that I have for you would be for people that want to be in a place of receiving more of what God has for them from a financial standpoint, do you have like, um, you know, something that you say every day? Do you have like a practice for that? Like someone that's like, man, I think I do have a poverty mentality. Like what would be the, a very easy next step for someone to be open to the goodness of God financially blessing their life to be a blessing to other people? A couple of years ago, I had a coach um, that helped me with this, and it was this saying, money comes to me freely and money flows through me freely. Money comes to me freely and money flows through me freely. So the fr most people are stopping at the point A, right? And it's the point B that is the trustworthy side that God says, give her more, give her mm -hmm. more. And that's where I want you guys to be. I want you to have the more. That's where the expansion and the multiplication can happen at a supersonic pace. It's why I'm building seed funding opportunities for business owners, because oftentimes we get stuck in this scarcity mentality that I need this amount of resources to start the thing God wants me to start. Y'all, I started with zero. Zero dollars did it require for me to send a text message and invite 30 people into a room. Zero, no brand, no social media presence no idea what the heck I was doing. All I knew was the Lord said, bring them together and start building. So we create excuses that keep us hidden. And God is like, I'm coming out. I want the world to know, right? Like he wants you to come out, come out of hiding and speak up. That's so good, Tamara. I love everything that you shared. You're such a blessing. Where can people find you and get connected with you? I hang out most on Instagram. So if you need some ideas or just to be prayed over, that's where you can get in touch with me directly. Um, I have a resource hub of lots of trainings and things kind of like this. Um, so you can jump into there and all of that is on my website. You can go to fitinfaithmedia.com or my personal, if you're looking for a keynote speaker or a guest on your show or any of that, it's my name, tamraandress.com. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and I treasure your friendship so much and hey, Shout out to Girls Gone Holy podcast where we have conversations like this every week. Um, so just a little plug there. But thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And we'll see you guys next week. Love you guys. Thank you.